The Lord be with you. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. And in that city, there was a widow who came to him continually asking him, give me justice against my opponent. And for a while, he refused. For a while. How much is implied in those three little words? And so, I invite you to join me in imagining what for a while might have meant for that widow. So, imagine, if you will, a lady who's getting on in years. Maybe she is hunched over with age. Maybe she walks with a cane, and so when she goes across the cobblestone streets of her town, it drags and clunks, drags and clunks. And imagine that perhaps someone has harmed her. Perhaps someone has stolen the money that her husband left to care for her in her old age. Or maybe her brother is refusing to take care of her once her husband has died. Or maybe someone has thrown her out of her house in an attempt to take it for themselves. Whatever the reason, this widow, by definition, has no one to advocate for her other than herself. And so this widow limps down to the gates of the city where justice is dispensed. And there at the gates of the city, she stands stooped over and she looks up at a tall judge sitting loftily on his high bench and down low she asks him give me justice against my opponent and the judge he doesn't even look at her he doesn't ask any follow-up questions he doesn't care he just says no next And the widow says, wait, I have heard someone read from the scroll of Deuteronomy that you are required to not deny justice to the widow. And the judge says, here I speak for God. The answer is no. Next. And so the widow goes limping back home. And she goes to sleep. And the next day, she wakes up. And she goes and she limps out to the homes of her neighbors in hopes that maybe one of them will share a little breakfast with her. And one does, some warm bread dipped in cold fish sauce. And the neighbor says to her, well, will you go again down to the gates of the city and ask again the judge for justice? And the widow says, why would I? Has the judge changed? Have I changed? Has God changed? Today is the same as yesterday and will be the same as tomorrow. My parents didn't get justice in my day. I don't get justice in my day. The children who are born won't get justice in their day. If I got an answer yesterday, why should I ask today? I know the answer. And so the widow does not ask the judge for justice. And because the widow doesn't ask the judge for justice, the widow answers for the judge, no. 
And because the widow doesn't ask the judge for justice, there is a way in which we might see that perhaps the widow is even answering no for God. But as the days roll by, the Sabbath comes along, and because the widow has nothing else to do, she limps her way to the synagogue. And when she gets to the synagogue, she sits and she hears the rabbi read from the book of Jeremiah. And the rabbi reads from the book of Jeremiah this passage in which God says, just as I have watched over them, to pluck up and break down, to overthrow and destroy and bring evil, so too I will watch over them to build up and to plant. And the rabbi explains to the congregation that Jeremiah is speaking to God's people who were in exile in Babylon, who had seen their city be destroyed. And God is explaining to those exiles that the reason God allowed the Babylonian army to destroy the city of Jerusalem and take their leaders into exile is because the leaders were corrupt. Their kings, their priests, their judges did not do what God intended and sought only their own interests. And God saw the system was so broken that God knew the only way to build a better future for Israel, the only way to plant hope for God's people was to tear down the corrupt structures, to pluck up the leaders who use their power wrongly. And quickly, the widow thought to herself, wait a minute. Maybe this judge does not speak for God. Maybe God can pluck up and tear down this judge just as God did the kings and priests and judges of Israel so long ago. And so the woman went home and prayed. She prayed. She prayed that God might pluck up and tear down so that God might build up and plant. She prayed for God's justice. And in, in the scripture that she had heard read, she heard God say, yes. And so for the next week, any time the widow heard a loud bang or a crash, she would limp as quickly as she could to go see what it was because she was hoping that maybe it was a lightning bolt that had zapped the judge. Or maybe a chasm had opened into the earth and swallowed that judge whole for disrespecting a godly old woman. But every time she went, she would find that it was only a sack of flour that had gotten knocked over or a cart that had crashed. And so she began to lose hope. She began to lose heart, and, and after a while, she stopped praying to God altogether. She stopped asking God to bring God's justice. And because she did not ask God for justice, in a way, she answered no for God. But six days went by, and the seventh rolled around, and so once again, the widow limped her way to the synagogue. And there in the synagogue, she heard the rabbi read the next part of Jeremiah, in which God says to the prophet Jeremiah, no longer shall they say the parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are put on edge. Everyone shall die for their own sin. 
And the rabbi explained to the congregation that God was speaking to the people in exile once again, but this time God was speaking to their children. People who had been born in exile, who had never seen the promised land, who'd grown up hearing their parents say, oh, God rejected us, we were bad, and so God hates us now. There's no use going back to God. And what Jeremiah is saying to those children is, your parents may have suffered for their sins, but you don't have to. Your parents' fate is not your fate. Yesterday doesn't get to define today, and it today won't define tomorrow. Every day is its own day. Live your life, not yesterday's life, not your parents' life. And quickly, the woman realized that perhaps in the scriptures, what God was saying is that what needed to get plucked up and tore down was not the judge, but her own despair her apathy, that those were the things that needed to be removed so that what could be built up in their place was hope, so that what could be planted was faith. And so the next day, the woman started her day with prayer. She prayed, yes, she prayed that God would pluck up and tear down, but she also prayed that yesterday might not decide today. She prayed for God's justice, and then she went out her door, and she walked back down to the city gates. She said, yesterday, I got an answer, but today, I'm going to ask again. She stooped down, looked up at that judge sitting high and mighty, and said, grant me justice against my opponent. And the judge said, no, next. So the woman went home, and the next day, she woke up again, and she prayed. And she prayed once more that God pluck up and tear down so that God might build up and plant. She prayed that yesterday not to find today. She prayed that God bring forth God's justice. And then she went out her door. And when she went out her door, her neighbor was standing there and he said, good on you for going down yesterday and asking the judge again. I'm proud of you. And in the encouragement of her neighbor, the woman heard the God say yes. And so she went back down to the gates of the city. And once again, she looked up at the judge and she said, grant me justice against my opponent. And again, the judge said to her, no. Next. Well, once again, the woman went home and the next morning she got up and she prayed again that same prayer. And this time when she went outside her door, she saw a couple of her neighbors and they were chatting. And, and when she saw her come out of the door, she said, hey, what were you chatting about? And they said, oh, we were talking about how great it is that you haven't given up, that you are going to keep asking that judge for justice no matter what. And in the encouragement of her neighbors, she heard God say yes. And so once again, she went down to the streets, down to the city gates, and she asked once again for justice. And again, the judge said no, and this happened day after day, all week. It happened for seven days. Then it was the Sabbath, and so she went again to her synagogue. And there she heard the rabbi once again read just a little bit farther in the book of Jeremiah. Just a little bit farther where God says, then this will be the covenant that I will make with them, that I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. 
And the rabbi explained to the congregation that sometimes when we hope for God's justice, we look for God's justice by looking up to the heavens, expecting angels to fly down and administer God's law. But the rabbi says, look, God is telling us that God's law must begin not in the sky, it's not written in the clouds, but that God's law is within us. It is written in our hearts that God is calling us to begin bringing forth God's justice in our hearts and spreading it to the world. And quickly, the widow realized that if she were to look for God's justice, she must not look up in the clouds. She must look where God had written God's law in her heart that the storm that would bring lightning to smite this judge wasn't going to come in the sky, but God would put that storm in her heart. And so she prayed. She prayed, yes, that God pluck up and pull down to plant and build up. And she prayed that yesterday, not to find today, and she prayed that God's justice begin in her own heart. And then the next day she went down those streets to the city gates and she looked up at the judge and she said, judge, grant me justice against my opponent. And the judge said, no, next. But the woman didn't leave that day. Instead, she knelt right there and she prayed. She prayed once again that God pluck up and tear down so that God might build up and plant. She prayed that even the moment before, and not to find this moment now, she prayed that God write God's law in her heart, and as she prayed, she heard within her the voice of God say, yes. And so she got up again and said, judge, grant me justice against my opponents. And the judge said, didn't I say next? What are you still doing here? And again she asked, and again, she asked until the judge said, you know what, I'm just leaving. And so the judge walked down to the marketplace, but she limped along beside him, and she continued to ask, grant me justice against my opponent. And at first, the judge just ignored her, but she kept limping after him, and, and then he went to a banquet, and she followed him limping behind, saying, grant me justice against my opponent. And then he started shouting at her, and she said, grant me justice against my opponent, and then he started to run from her. And he, she limped after him. And every time he would say no, she would pray in her heart to God. And every time she heard God say yes. And so she kept following him until at last the man became afraid. He started to try to hide behind corners. But everywhere he went, he heard that cane scraping along the stones coming for him. Until at last he was cornered on the steps of the synagogue. And he knelt down in desperation before the might of this widow. And he cried out, oh God, though I... Have no fear of God or respect for any person. I will grant this woman justice so that she does not wear me down by continually coming and asking me. For a while, the woman answered no for God. But through her prayer, she let God answer yes through her. Jesus tells this parable in response to a question half a chapter earlier in Luke 17 in which people ask him, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus says, you won't see it for a while. But then he says, but it won't come from 
outside you, people won't say, oh, here it is, or there it is. And Jesus said to them, for the kingdom of God is within you. And then Jesus tells them this parable about the need to pray always and to not lose heart. He tells them a parable about prayer in which prayer is more than just words, it is more than actions, in which prayer is a whole way of life asking daily God for justice. A life that knows that for a while God may tear down and pluck up, but it is so that God can build up and plant a way of life that doesn't let yesterday define today, a way of life that knows that we cannot look for the heavens to see God's justice because God's justice is placed in our heart. Jesus tells a parable about prayer, which is a life, a life spent listening for God to speak through our scriptures, to speak through our neighbors, to speak through our own hands and feet, through the cane we carry through the street, listening to God speak in our life itself, waiting for God to say yes through us. May we never answer no for God's justice. Through prayer, may we let God answer yes through us. Amen.